What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Thomas Robertson, and this is episode 18 of Outside the Glass. Lucky number 18. It's been 18 weeks of the show, guys. We are getting well into the swing of things here, and we have a really good slate of topics for you guys today. Uh, the Predators are, are streaking right now. They're super hot, and About to overtake the lightning in the standings. We're going to get into that. Taylor Hall's miraculous point streak has come to an end, sadly. It was was fun to watch, but we're going to get into into the impact of what he's done in New Jersey and, and what kind of honors he's deserving of this season. And the NHL dipping its toe into esports. We'll touch on that briefly. Uh, Big news, but I don't really see the big deal, honestly, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into more of that later in the show. I'm going to start off with the Predators today. 10-game winning streak for Nashville, and they just look good in every phase of the game. It, it's, it's unbelievable watching what these guys have been able to do and what they've been able to build there in Nashville. On this 10-game winning streak, allowing an average of two goals per game and scoring an average of 4.3 goals per game. So doing it on both ends and doing it against some quality competition. They've beaten the likes of the Sharks, Blues, Jets, who are hot right now, Avalanche, the Stars, and the Ducks. And so those are quality opponents to to just kind of be steamrolling like like they have been over this streak, and this team really does not have any weaknesses when you take a really good look at their roster. Nothing jumps off at the page in terms of maybe production, but when you look at everything as a whole and consider the kind of depth that this team has and what they've been able to build, it's really incredible to look at. I mean, you look at their blue line, one of the best in the league. I believe they're third in goals against. Uh, they rank third in goals against in the league. Hovering around 165. And, I mean, obviously you got a guy like P.K. Subban, who is one of the best two-way defensemen in the NHL. Can put up points. Can shut down top-line guys. You got Matthias Ekholm, who's had a fantastic season. Uh, same kind of thing. You know, he can produce offensively. Can shut down pretty much anybody. Roman Yossi had an incre- has had an incredible season, and he's actually missed the past three games. One of their best defensemen, and you look at what they've been able to do without him over these past three games: a four-three win over the Avalanche, a two-nothing win over the Stars. They shut out the Stars, who have an incredible offense, without one of their best defensemen. Four-to-two over the Ducks. So they've just played fantastic even without an impact player like Yossi. So really, this team is really dangerous. And, you know, they got Alexi Emelin on the blue line. Ryan Ellis, who missed a lot of games but is back now and playing very well for this Nashville team. So you look at those five defensemen right there. You're not going to find five better defensemen on any other team, I really don't think. So... That, to me, is their biggest strength, but you continue to go down the line. Goaltending next for this team. Pecorine, to me, a lot of people are talking about Andre Vasilevsky for the Vesna Trophy. 
Uh, you know, Tuka Rask has had a great season. But to me, Pecorine is the guy that is deserving of this Vesna trophy right now. You look at his numbers 37, 9, and 4 with a 928 save percentage and a 228 goals against. To me, you're not looking at really any better numbers out there in the league right now in terms of how many games he's played as well. Carter Hutton's had a great season in St. Louis with a 934 save percentage, but hasn't played as many games, um, hasn't really carried his team to the wins, even though he has played very fantastic over in St. Louis. But you look at Rene, what he's been able to do, 37 wins. And those kind of numbers is unbelievable at 35 years old, no less. So you look at that and you're like, oh, well, maybe Nashville will struggle with goaltending in the future. No, they got their backup right now. UC Soros has played incredible. The record's not going to sh- quite show it as well. 7-5-5, five, and five, still not terrible. But 924 save percentage and a 242 GAA. So, and, he, and he's got the youth with 22 years old, so... They got a veteran goaltender in Pecorino who's playing the best hockey of his career right now. And then you got UC Saros bringing up the rear and is a formidable backup. If anything does happen to Rene down the stretch, I don't think that's going to be too much of a concern for this team because of how well UC Saros has played this season. And so on the back end with the blue line and with that goaltending, obviously you're looking at a at one of the best units in the league when you combine those two aspects. But one thing that sticks out about this roster is you look at the production in terms of points, and nothing jumps off the page. Their top goal scorer only has 51 points, and that's pretty mediocre when you think about it. Victor Arvidsson uh, leading the team in scoring with 51 points, but... You got seven guys on this team that have that are at over 40 points. And they also have 11 double-digit goal scorers. So, yes, they don't have, you know, the Nikita Kucherov, McDavid, Crosby, Ovechkin type of guy that's going to put up, you know, 80-plus 80, 80 points. You know, even getting into the, these guys are looking at scoring in the 100 points this season. They don't have that, but they don't need it. And honestly, that is going to benefit this team, I think. Heading down the stretch, they don't they don't rely on sending one line out there and getting points. They roll four lines, and they have 12 forwards that can get on the score sheet. And it's been very fun to watch, but also they're just built to win. They they have depth on the blue line we've talked about, depth in goaltending, and they have scoring depth, which is one of the biggest components to a team's success down the stretch, I think. They got, again, seven guys over 40, 11 double-digit goal scorers. When you take a look at that number, the Lightning lead the league in goals for. Tampa Bay leads the league in scoring. And they only have nine double-digit goal scorers. So, you know, they have Nikita Kucherov, who's got 33 goals. Stamkos, who has however many goals, around 30 probably. But but I, I wouldn't be surprised to find this Tampa Bay team struggle or have some trouble when they can't get the production out of those guys because they have had stretches, those two guys, where they haven't been able to produce quite as much. They've produced in in bunches so much so that they are two of the top guys in point scoring in the league but 
They have had their stretches where they, you know, go a few games without getting points. And you notice that Tampa Bay does struggle in those situations. So, come playoff time, I would not be surprised to see Tampa Bay run into, and even, you know, a team like Winnipeg as well, who only has eight double-digit goal scorers. They're another top team in the league in scoring as well. But when guys like Patrick Laine, Blake Wheeler... Mark Shifley run a little bit cold. They don't quite have the depth that this Nashville team has. And I think that's really going to benefit Nashville in terms of being able to get through the West. You look at some of those other top teams in the West. St. Louis, Winnipeg again in the Central, uh, and then Las Vegas. Las Vegas has done a pretty good job at getting that scoring depth right. But Nashville, I think... is the strongest team in that regard. So again, they don't have, even Las Vegas is a guy like William Carlson who's putting up fantastic numbers, but I just think that the way this team is built in terms of having so many different guys and not necessarily just having the depth, but also not having that one line that you rely on and give too many minutes. I think they roll four lines. They get guys that can score on every single line and they're going to have fresher legs because they don't have those forward lines that are eating 22 minutes. So I really like the way this team is built from a forward perspective, even though again, their top score only at 51 points. And then Also, the biggest thing with this forward core is they are extremely strong up the middle. Their centers, they're, again, the biggest thing here, as with every aspect of their team, is depth. They have so much depth at the center position, but they also have top talent. Ryan Johansson leading the center core on the top line. We know what he can do in terms of bringing that presence and also really being a smart hockey player. Uh, and being able to, to to distribute the puck and put up points. Kyle Turris, incredible two-way def, uh, centerman, and fits in has fit in really well in Nashville on the second line, uh, and and he can produce points. But again, great two-way guy. Nick Benino, Bones, also a great two-way center. You're going to get great hustle and effort out of him, and you can also get production. And then the veteran Mike Fisher, who's come back to this team midway through the season, only played a few games so far, but has notched a goal, and we know what he can do, and just in, in not even in terms of production, but in terms of just bringing that veteran presence in the locker room. And he's an established player in this league. You're, you're gonna, you know what you're gonna get out of a guy like Mike Fisher. Cali Yarncroft playing the wing right now, but he can play center as well, and he's had a fantastic season. So I think this team is just built to win right now. Uh, they're my cup favorite. I think that I, I really think that Nashville is gonna win the Stanley Cup right now. Uh, I might have said last episode Winnipeg was going to make it to the final. I don't really know what I was thinking if I did say that because this Nashville team is dynamite. They, I'm really not jumping on the bandwagon with this 10-game win streak. I just truly think that the way this team's built in terms of the depth at every single position, uh, the strength up the middle, uh, the fact that this team revolves around the blue line, even their offense, it revolves around guys like Subban and Ekholm bringing the puck up and then starting from that point position where they like to they fire a lot of slap shots from the blue line and they get guys in front of the net. 
And I think that that's a really reliable, consistent way to produce, especially in the playoffs when games get really physical and you're not going to see as much of those highlight real goals. Uh, so I really like this Nashville team. Uh, this 10-game 10, 10 win streak is no fluke whatsoever. They're going to continue to do a lot of damage. Uh, once we move into springtime, moving on to the eastern side of things, even though Nashville is on the eastern side of the United States, they're in the Western Conference. We're moving on to New Jersey. Took a loss last night to Winnipeg. Taylor Hall, his miraculous point streak has come to a close. 26-game point streak for Taylor Hall. Scored 38 points in that stretch. Absolutely unbelievable. He has picked this team up. This New Jersey team, one of the most inconsistent. He's been the only consistent piece to this New Jersey team. They have not really been able to find their footing in terms of building a consistent momentum. Talked about it in the power rankings this past week. They have not had a time they they get multiple wins and multiple losses in a row they haven't had a single time since December 14th where they get one win sandwiched between two losses or a loss sandwiched between two wins or even just a win you know they always are streaking it's three wins three losses four wins five losses two wins and it's just been that cycle they did break that streak just a couple of nights ago but that was going on for months, and they had not been able to find any consistency. I think that you can trace that back to the youth of this team. When they win, they're riding high. When they take a loss, they're not really able to bounce back very well. So, very streaky, but this, but man, Taylor Hall has been the only steady part of this team with that 26-game point streak. I say point streak because I think the distinction between point streak and personal point streak is really stupid. So I'm going to continue to just say point streak. Uh, The difference there is that he missed a few games in the middle of that point streak. So he didn't really get it in consecutive games because he missed some games. But it's stupid. If he was in the game, he would have scored points. He's just playing that well. So I think it's really dumb. Uh, The streak would have been even longer if he had played in those games, in my opinion. So why knock him for for not being able to to go for a couple of those games? So 26-game point streak, incredible. Uh, And what's what? another thing that's incredible is he's really carried this team, again, like I said, really the only steady part of this team. He's got 30 goals and 44 assists on this season. The next closest on this team is Nico Heeshier with 43 points. Taylor Hall has more assists than anyone else on his team has points right now. And so that's absolutely incredible. He's carrying this team. Uh, they have some good youth, some good players. You know, Nico Heeshier, Miles Wood, Jesper Brat. They got some good, some good youth. But Taylor Hall has carried this team. Also has provided a veteran presence even though he's 26. Uh, he's got much more experience than most of these other forwards that are around him. The question is with, with Taylor Hall is has he played his way into the Hart Trophy conversation? I have to believe that the answer is yes because of all the reasons that I've just said. Carrying his team, nobody's even close to him in points on his own team. 
has been the only steady factor in one of the most inconsistent teams in the league. And the fact that he's he, he's he's gotten hot at the right time. I truly don't think that Nikita Kucherov is the favorite for the Hart Trophy right now. He, well, let me reword that. I think that he is the favorite because the league will pick him because he has the most points uh, and also has a lot of goals to go along with that. But for my criteria, he is not my favorite. I believe that a guy like Nathan McKinnon or a guy like Taylor Hall has a better case to get this Hart Trophy than Nikita Kucherov because Kucherov did hit most of his damage at the beginning of the season or in the first half of the season, whereas McKinnon and Taylor Hall have gotten super hot and have propelled their teams into playoff position. So, my distinction is that these two players, Hall and McKinnon, are pretty much the sole reason that, that their teams are where they are right now. And, and they're there because they performed in clutch time and in crunch time going into the playoffs. Whereas... I think if you take Kucherov off the Lightning, they are a significantly worse team, but they're still a playoff team. And if you take Kucherov off the Lightning for the last 20 or so games, I don't think that their performance changes that much and they're still kind of in a similar position with what they've done over the last 20 or so games in the last couple months. So I just think that these two guys have been better lately and they have done more to improve their team. Taylor Hall, I think, is really, really... I truly think he should come in second or third in Hart Trophy voting. If he continues this play of, you know, a point and a half per game through the end of the season, I think that he could easily take home this Hart Trophy. So it'll be fun to watch what he's able to do for the rest of the season. And, you know, speaking of of guys that are hot. I think that what you saw last night is kind of one player from the opposing team. They played the Winnipeg Jets, won 3-2. to two. I think kind of what you saw was the Jets, uh, Patrick Lane, almost kind of that swagger and that, that, that on-fire nature that Taylor Hall had going for him was almost kind of sucked away from Patrick Lane, or sucked away to Patrick Lane because he's been absolutely lights out. Uh, eight goals in the last four games for Patrick Lane gets a goal in that in that contest against New Jersey last night, and he is now at 39 goals, only one goal behind Ovechkin. And you think about what he's been able to do again: eight goals in his last four games. That is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, two goals, two goals, hat trick, one goal last night. So. He's at 39, one goal behind Ovechkin. Malkin is sitting at 38, two behind OV. Ovechkin doesn't get any goals last night to to pad his lead for the Rocket Richard. So I think those are going to be the two. They're always the two, you know, kind of most fun and most important trophy races, races to watch. So I think those Hart and Rocket Richard trophies are going to be really fun to watch coming down the stretch. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens with two of those guys that were in action against each other last night, Patrick Lane and Taylor Hall. Don't be surprised to see them lifting up some hardware uh, when it gets down to that NHL awards show 
uh, over the summer. Moving on to a completely different topic, shifting gears, pretty much a complete 180. The NHL is dipping its toe into esports with the 2018 NHL Gaming World Championship. So basically, it's going to be, it's not a team thing. One of my favorite parts about NHL, NHL 18, is that you can play online uh, with your squad, with your club. You can play uh, six guys, six v six online, and it's really fun. I love playing goalie, maybe because just I'm maybe just because I'm a psychopath, but I think I find that pretty fun. But this is going to be a one on one tournament. Um, Doing Xbox people dirty, they will have Xbox and PS4 consoles for the first couple of rounds, but they'll switch to PS4 exclusively for the final couple of rounds. Uh, I think you might see some backlash from Xboxers uh, on that, but on a serious note, uh, interesting trend right now in sports that these leagues are are dipping their toes into this eSport world. Um. I find it one of the most interesting things I find about it is that these actual leagues, you know, the NBA, NHL, uh, FIFA, they are getting the actual sports entity involved in the esport entity. I think they should make separate branches. So I think the NHL should kind of branch off into a separate, like, E NHL league. And have their own commissioner, have their own marketing team, their own front office, and things like that. Because I think it just kind of, you don't want to mix those two entities, you know. Uh, one is drastically more important than the other, and I don't think that the NHL's focus should be on esports right now. And same goes with any other league. I think they should just kind of branch off, make separate entities uh, to deal with this esport thing because I do think it's growing and it's something that could that could gain some traction for the people that don't really enjoy. Well, one thing I don't get is that no one's going to be interested in watching ENHL over the real thing, and nobody's going to be interested in nobody that's not interested in the real thing is going to be interested in watching the video game version of it. So I'm just kind of curious as to who is the target audience because the NHL has said, you know, they want to reach out to people that are not as interested in the sport, but that are young and that are into video games. Well, I'm sorry. Nobody is interested in the NHL video game. That's not already interested in actual hockey. So that's kind of where my confusion is in terms of who they're going to attract. That's not already a fan of the NHL, but in general, esports are gaining some traction. I'm not sure about how the sport games are going because you have the real thing. Uh, I think that's why War, Call of Duty video games are popular. You know, War, uh, Halo, uh, Counter Strike. Those games are popular because you can't, you don't really, you're not able to get the experience of war, of battle, unless you're in the military, which very few people are that probably that play those video games. So. That's my issue with it, is that you can just watch the real thing 
you don't have to watch people play the video game. If you want to watch war or you're interested in the military, that's about the closest you're going to get is Counter-Strike or Call of Duty. Uh, you're not really going to be able to just strap on a GoPro to any old person in the military and watch them fight. So that's the biggest problem that I see with it. But we'll see how it goes. They're, they're going to try it out. The NHL is going to see what kind of success they have. The finals are in Vegas in June. $50,000 grand prize, uh, a trophy, and you get to appear at the NHL Awards. Funny to see that reaction. I'd probably boo them if I was there just to be funny and be like, you know, nobody cares right now. Uh, they want to see the real stars, but that'll be cool for whoever wins that tournament, I guess. And we're going to move into some recaps right now from last night's games. Already talked about that Winnipeg-New Jersey game. But again, Winnipeg gets a 3-2 win over New Jersey. Hall's point streak comes to an end. And Lane continues his absolute dominance in terms of goal scoring. Boston Bruins take on the Philadelphia Flyers. They get the 3-2 win. Brad Marchand notches his 29th goal of the season. And that's five goals in the last three games for Marchand and nine points in his last five. He's absolutely on fire. Seen a couple of rumblings, a couple of bumblings around uh, uh, NHL media that he should be in the Hart Trophy conversation. I respectfully disagree. I think what he's done is pretty incredible. 67 points in 52 games played. That's the big thing is he's missed a fair amount of time. But, you know, a lot of that is suspension-related injury as well. But durability, I think, again, you got to take that into account. The ability to play every game of the season, I think, is a big uh, characteristic of an MVP to me. Uh, so hasn't doesn't have the longevity in terms of being able to play the, the entire season. But my biggest thing is, again, talking about what I talked about with McKinnon and Hall, is his success is not quite, uh, his team success is not quite as dependent on him uh, doing what he does. Uh, when you look at McKinnon and Hall, they, those teams need them to get into the playoffs. The Bruins don't need Marchand to get into the playoffs. Uh they really don't need him to be where they're at. I mean, they do. He is their best producer. He is their most explosive, dynamic forward. But if you take him off, I don't see the Bruins being that much worse off uh, because they just have so they're, they're almost like the Predators, just in terms of they have they're so good in every aspect of the game. And you know, I just don't see him being that MVP caliber player uh, where he. And, and it's not to say that nobody on the Bruins could win the MVP because you could be so good and have, and have such a good season that you are, you know, like Nikita Kucherov, the, the Lightning are the best team in the league. I still think that he has a good shot to win the MVP, even though I said that uh, maybe a guy like McKinnon deserves it more than him. But if he had continued the way he was playing or at least, or even just switched it. If he had had a kind of a slow start, but then really turned on the Jets and the Lightning start to take off, that's that's to me is is more important than what he did in the beginning of the season and then kind of coasting into the playoffs. That's just kind of my rationale for it. Uh, and and Marshan, 
even on that 18 game point streak that the Bruins had, he had a, f- a lot of pointless games, six or six or seven games with no points in that streak. So I just don't think that his team's success depends on him scoring points as much. But again, incredible player has had an incredible season and I would not be mad if he was in the heart trophy conversation. Uh, and you know, it's good to see what the Bruins have been able to do this season. They've been absolutely lights out. The Kings take down the Capitals three to one. Pathetic performance from the Caps. Grubauer, only serviceable player last night that 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 looked like he really cared about winning the game. Uh, and he's he's played incredibly over the past month and a half or so. Has had to because Braden Holtby has been absolutely terrible. Uh, he's been pulled quite a few times. Below an eight, he's like at an eight fifty save percentage over the past couple of months. Uh, from a former Vesna Trophy winning goalie that's still in his prime in terms of age. Not what you want to see for the Washington Capitals. Golden Knights blank the Red Wings last night 4 to nothing. Uh, getting some good production. Cody Eakin getting a couple of goals. Tuke and Cody Eakin notching all four of the goals combined for the Golden Knights. So getting some depth scoring there for Vegas. So they get a very convincing Four to nothing win. Lightning take down the Rangers five to three in a battle of the teams that made the biggest trade at the NHL trade deadline. So McDonough and JT Miller coming out victorious over their former team five to three. The Panthers shut out the Canadians five to nothing. You look at those guys: Huberto getting on the score sheet, uh, Trocheck getting a goal, Barkov notching uh, a couple of assists. So. Those young guys really taking over for Florida, and they're looking like they they're they're going to make the playoffs. And I, I I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be the team seeing the Florida Panthers in the first round of the playoffs because they're hot and they have some incredible talent uh, in terms of forwards. Predators stay hot, beating the Ducks four to two, staying on that ten game winning streak. Uh, and the Sharks blank the Blues, allowing only sixteen shots on goal from the Blues in a two to nothing victory. Tomas Hurdle getting a goal. Uh, so that's that's good for the Sharks. They are building some momentum heading into the playoffs themselves. Got some previews for you before we sign off. So Friday, March 9th, the games for tonight. Blue Jackets taking on the Red Wings at home. Uh, the Blue Jackets coming off of a 5-4 win over the Avalanche last night. So this is the second round of a back-to-back. But the Red Wings also played last night. And I think if you look at those results from last night, the Red Wings getting pounded and the Blue Jackets coming out of a 5-4 victory. I think they're going to be coming in with a little more momentum. And they're also at home. So I like the Blue Jackets to come away with a victory in that one. I'm going to take Blue Jackets and the over in that one. Uh, not a whole lot of great great defensive talent on the ice for that one. Senators taking on the Flames at home. Uh, it's kind of a tough call here. The Senators, I'm going to take them at home. I, the Flames, there's not a team that I can really get behind. In terms, They're just kind of like New Jersey with all that inconsistency. Uh, and they're relying on a couple of players to, to give them their points. I'm going to take Ottawa at home. Uh, I like they've, had, they've shown flashes of success over this past uh, month or so. So I'm going to take Ottawa. Stars hosting the Ducks. The Stars... Coming off some poor performances, getting shut out by the Predators. Uh, the Ducks, on the other hand, blanking the Caps the other night. 
in a four nothing victory, but taking a loss to the Predators as well, four to two. But again, the Ducks going to be coming off. Uh, it's going to be a back end of a back to back for the Ducks. While the Stars did not play last night, so they're going to be have fresher legs. They're at home. I think the Stars come away with the victory in that one for sure. Canucks hosting the Wild. The Wild have been red hot lately. Eric Stahl has been surging, 36 goals on the season now, and he's coming up to be uh, contending for that Rocket Richard Trophy as well. Expect him to get a goal tonight in Vancouver, and I like the Wild to win on the road. And that's going to wrap it up for the show today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 18 of Outside the Glass. I'm your host, Thomas Robertson. Happy Friday, or whatever day you're listening, and have a good rest of your day.